what's up you guys it's kate host of the podcast just winging it grab your coffee or wine prepare to feel heard because i'm out here talking about how adulting is hard as hell and we're all out here just winging it what's up winging it fam happy winging it wednesday i hope that your week is going well I'll tell you what's been going on for me this week. I, for one, am going to just start by apologizing that I sound as hoarse as I do. I have been in orientation today for a second job that I'm taking on as a nurse. I'm going to go PRN in an emergency room that I have worked in before. So this is my fourth time through this orientation, but that's neither here nor there. Um, That's I guess I should explain that it's not because I've left and come back that many times. It's because I started as like a very low level position and kind of worked my way up. And each time I've moved up the chain, I had to go through the orientation again. And this time I left and now I'm coming back. So I had to go through it again. (laughs) And in the 10 years that it's been since I took the very first one, there's not a whole lot that's changed. Um, So I could just about teach the orientation myself. But anyway... So the air in there was very dry today, and so I sound really hoarse. But also, the other problem is is that, uh, as crazy as it may seem, as much as I love to talk, I get a little nervous about recording podcast episodes, because you have to sit here and focus and talk to yourself, and sometimes that can get a little odd. So... (laughs) To get rid of my nerves, I like to sit in here and sing karaoke because I like to sing and I have this microphone and it has like a really fun echo on it. So I'll just be sitting in here jamming out to myself, taking a minute. It's kind of like meditation for me. It's just my like little go-to for like me time, quiet time, my own zone out space where I don't think about anything. I'm just singing. So we was singing some Amazing Grace and some Sarah Evans in here tonight in my closet, my concert of zero. So my voice is a little hoarse. Um, also, if you hear me rustling around, I'm really sorry. I'm very fidgety because I had to sit all day long today. So anyway, all that being said, I had to do a orientation yesterday and then an all-day orientation yesterday, and that one was over Zoom, so I had to sit in my house and try not to fall asleep all day long, (laughs) and then today I had to go to um, another city to do that, and that was kind of like a long drive, but you know, whatever. I got Starbucks before and after the orientation, so I was able to make it through, but now I'm getting kind of sleepy, but I got to record this, so I got to buck it up. Um, I meant to say suck it up, and buck up at the same time and it came out as bucket up so that might be our new slogan what the heck (laughs) that might be our new slogan not logo slogan (laughs) bucket up (laughs) anyway I can't I'm so tired I've had so much information put in my brain in the last 48 hours it's unreal and even though I already know all of this information it doesn't ever hurt to have a refresher I guess I I'm whatever I'm getting nursing credit hours for this and if you don't if you're not a nurse um you when you renew your license every two years you have to have 30 credit hours and those can be kind of hard to get uh because most classes or courses are only one credit hour and most of them are like two to three hours long so to get like two to three credit hours in one class is a pretty good deal so I mean I think I walked away with probably like 
four or five or six, something like that, credit hours from the last two days. So I guess that's a bonus from having to do this orientation. But I'm freaking tired. I'm really sleepy. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that they say in this orientation that makes me laugh every single time. So if you don't know if I haven't said it already, I'm from the South. I'm from North Carolina, if you haven't heard in my accent, which I do typically keep it what I like to think is pretty, you know, straight accent. I don't know. I don't know what I sound like to other people, but um, the accent of mine comes out really strong when I'm trying to be very professional. So when I pick up my phone at work and I'm using my work voice, it comes out. I love those TikToks, by the way, like especially the news anchors that are like talking like, what's up, girl? And then they go into and tonight we will be. And I'm just like, how do you flip like that, man? How? I don't get it. Anyway, one of the things that they like to say in this orientation is, now I know that we're all from the South and we like to refer to people as honey and darling and sweetie, but sometimes people get offended by that. And there used to be one instructor that would say that like she called an older gentleman honey one time and the wife snapped at her and was like, no, that's my honey. Nobody calls him honey but me. Listen, so they want us to call everybody like Mr. Jones or Mrs. Smith or whatever, not honey. How are you? You know, I've never in my one life that I have lived on this planet had anybody to get upset with me for calling them honey or darling or whatever. My go-to is bud or buddy. Like, I'll be like, hey, bud, come on. Or, hey, buddy, let's go. You know, or if it is an older woman, I might say, hey, honey, let's go. Hey, honey, you ready? Um, I don't really say darling or sweetie or anything like that, but either way, I have never had anybody get mad at me about that. And so I think it's really funny that they get so serious about that. And I don't know why, because the majority of my company, um, like all of it's in the South, like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, like it's, I mean, we're all in the South. Why? Why can't we say honey, sweetie? I mean, I get why they're trying to say it because somebody somewhere at one point got upset about it and now we can't do it technically. Um, but I'll probably continue to do it. And I'm sorry to my company if they're listening, if anyone from my company is listening to this and they're upset about it. But, you know, it's just for me personally and for the people that I have talked to, if you come to me and you say, hey, Miss Katie, we're going to do um, an IV on you, hun. See, I just did it. I just did it. I can't even help it. But if you say, hey, Miss Kate, we're going to do an IV on you now. Um, that feels very technical. And I don't like that. But if you go, hey, hon, we're going to, you know, start this IV on you. It's going to be real quick. Uh, real tiny little bee sting. And we're going to get your fluids in you. We're going to get you feeling real, you know, real good, much better, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel much warmer. I feel much more secure. Makes me feel safe, you know. I don't know. I, I think that part is just ridiculous, but that's just me. So if I ever did end up in the position of teaching that orientation, I would be like, guys, I'm not saying that. Somebody else can teach this part because I think this is the dumbest thing ever. Because I will be like, legally, friends, we need to be saying Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but, you know, we are from the South, so you you use your judgment wisely, okay? All right, have a good day. Um, that would just be me. But anyway, that's that's another story for another day, I guess. 
Um, so let's jump into what I am going to be talking about today. I'm kind of excited about it. Um, so I fell into this information kind of accidentally. I was watching Dr. Mike's podcast and the guy, one of the guys that he interviewed was a sleep scientist of some sort. I don't remember if he was like a neurologist or whatever, but he was talking about it. And then I was watching and um, advertisement for something and they were like oh your sleep chronotype and I was like hmm I wonder what that is um, so I started to kind of like dive into it a little bit and, and look it up because if, if there's one thing about me I'm a nerd and if I find something interesting by God I'm going to learn everything there is to learn about it. I want to tell you guys about it because it enlightened me so much for me I have severe chronic fatigue issues and I have done all kinds of blood work. Um, I see a doctor on a regular basis and, you know, I tell her a lot about my chronic fatigue. I don't have the energy to go to the gym. I don't have the energy to do work. Usually I can get my stuff out of bed, but then by like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I'm kind of starting to kick in. Two o'clock's when I do my best work and then three, four, five, and six, I'm just like ready to go to bed already. And then I get like this other second wind around 6.30 to 9 o'clock. And then I have a hard time like going back to bed, or not going back to bed, but going to bed around until about 11 o'clock at night. So, but like the, the energy spurts come in very, very short spurts. And I don't have a whole, whole lot of energy throughout the day. So I was like, all right, let me um, take the little quiz that tells me what type of sleep chronotype I am. And, um, well, I took it twice because I was not convinced. And both times it came up the same thing. So <laughs> I guess there's a little bit of science to this. But the sleep chronotype, it breaks it up into a wolf, bear, lion, and dolphin. And I'm the dolphin. But I'm going to tell you what it is, and then um, I will tell you what determines your type of chronotype, why it's important, um, and then break it into the different types and tell you how you can take a quiz on finding out, you know, what type you are and see what that can help you with. So this is from the Sleep Foundation. All right, so sleep chronotype is the natural inclination of your body to sleep at a certain time. Or what most people understand as being an early bird versus a night owl. In addition to regulating sleep and wake times, your chronotype has an influence on your appetite, your exercise, and core body temperature. It is responsible for the fact that you feel more alert at certain periods of the day and sleepier at others. So there is a difference between the chronotypes and circadian rhythms. And a lot of people have heard about circadian rhythms, um, which is what controls the day-to-day sleep-to-wake cycle and how it releases the hormone melatonin. Now, I know, by God, you've heard of melatonin because everybody throws that stuff back like it's candy. But there's a lot of... Uh, I don't know what to say. Like, there's a lot of controversy on whether or not it, it's actually helpful because your body already produces it. So, and now that I've kind of had a time or a little bit of time to think about this, like I'm wondering if like we're trying to force ourselves to go into a different type of circadian rhythm or, you know, sleep chronotype. But the thing about a chronotype versus a circadian rhythm is you can kind of alter your circadian rhythm. You cannot alter your chronotype. So we're trying to force our bodies to do something that it really doesn't want to do by taking melatonin 
which is a hormone our body already naturally produces, and we're getting it all out of whack. And then guess what? Now we have chronic fatigue or irritability or depression or the need to eat everything in sight. So anyway, I'm going to keep reading about it. I just, I'm finding this stuff very interesting. But melatonin, like I said, is the natural hormone that your body releases. And that is in response usually to like environmental cues like light and temperature. So like obviously when it gets dark outside, it starts to cool off then your body starts to release the melatonin and then you eventually get enough of the hormone that you fall asleep. Um, so places that are going to be affected by that type of things are places like Alaska, you know, where the sun's up for multiple days or you know, weeks. I don't know. I don't live in Alaska, but, um, and then it's nighttime. So they can kind of get altered in that, in that regard. But with, like I said, a circadian rhythm, you can train it by adhering to like a strict schedule so the people that really get affected by this is night shift people. These are my night, you know, my night shift people. I don't I haven't worked night shift in a while, but like it's like once you do it, you get stuck in that. So I probably wouldn't have been a dolphin if I wouldn't have been a night shifter because I think my brain still is hardwired that like when I get that second win late at night, it's because my brain's like we got a shift to go to. So you need to wake your ass up, sis. You need to get up. You need to get energized. And then, like, at 11.30, I'm usually having to shut everything down and, like, lay down. And I can't have any inkling of light or any inkling of sound that will disturb me because then it makes it difficult as crap to go to sleep. And that's part of the quiz, which is funny because, like, it drives Chris crazy because I will be like, that one little teeny tiny laser from the TV is on and I can see it and it's driving me nuts. And he'll be like, Kate, seriously, go to sleep. And he's up really, really late. So I'd love to see what his chronotype is, but I think it's a wolf. And he's always up really late. So he bought like these little like uh, night lights that only come on when the lights are off. And ugh, they like give just enough of a glimmer underneath my door because I have to shut the door and I sleep. I go to sleep by myself and then he comes to bed later. But like it gives just enough inkling of light that it just drives me bonkers. So... That, that is something that can, you know, affect a sleep-wake cycle, so your circadian rhythm. Okay, so let me get back on track. So this says that with the circadian rhythm, even though you can train that, the underlying chronotype still exists on a more permanent basis. So therefore, you're going to have a natural night owl that can probably wake up around 7 a.m. every day for work, but then they are not going to be productive until later in the day. And then conversely, you have an early bird that might wake up and be bright and chipper for their 7 a.m. shift, but then start to feel sleepy early in the afternoon. Chronotype does not influence your total sleep time, but most adults still need 7 to 9 hours of sleep at night. This is usually much easier to accomplish for an early bird than a night owl who has trouble falling asleep before 1 a.m. So that's like my go-to. Like, that's why I ended up falling in the dolphin category because I'm falling in the night owl category. But I'm not really a morning person or a night owl, really. I'm kind of somewhere in the middle, but I'll get into that in a minute. But I, if I end up fighting my second wind and I struggle to go to sleep, I don't go to sleep till after one. But if I just, like, don't get into my second wind and I just go ahead and lay down, then I can usually go to sleep around 1130. So... It's interesting to, to know those things. But it says scientists consider it very difficult or impossible to purposely change your chronotype, even though it may shift throughout the course of your life. So when a person's natural chronotype comes into conflict with the demands of their schedule, it is termed social 
jet lag. So I thought about this as like your social battery. So if you're like my social battery is like running completely dry, then that means you're usually like one of the early bird chronotypes where you're more productive and happier and chipper in the mornings. Um, so you tend to have more issues in your social life. Oh, and it says you may also feel permanently tired if you are one of the night owls and you need to wake up super early for work or school. And then um, those who prefer to go to bed earlier may not do well with social or cultural activities that are programmed later in the evening. For both groups, trying to perform activities that require concentration or creativity may be difficult at non-peak times. So that's one of the reasons why it's really interesting because if you work in a traditional 8 to 5 or if you're like me, a nurse, and does shift work, which I, I do both now, but if you do both, like my peak work time doesn't even kick in till 11 o'clock. Like 8 to 11, I'm kind of dilly-dallying. Like I'm doing what I have to do to like get something done and I'm trying to get stuff done. But I can't focus not one little tiny bit until 11 a.m. And then once 11 a.m. hits, sis, I'm on fire. I am going. I'm booking it. I've got all of my tasks written down. I've got them all ready to go. I can get everything done between 11 and like 6 p.m. And like that's that's the best time to get work out of me. So then if you think about it for the early bird person, then you think they need to get into work and like they need to go to the gym first thing in the morning and then they need to get to work and get all their work done before two because then they're going to start crashing around two. So it's really interesting in knowing this so that you can kind of know what you need to do to perform better at work, what you need to do to perform better at school if you're in college or you're in high school and you're listening. Um, you know, so it, it, those are the things that are that this is going to be helpful in knowing what type of chronotype you are. So what determines your chronotype? So it can vary depending on genetics, age, and other factors like geographical location as well due to changes in daylight hours. So like I said, those affected by the extended daylight hours and extended nighttime hours like those in Alaska. I don't know of any other place that's like that, but I'm sure probably Russia that's right across the street from Alaska. Um and yes, if you didn't if you didn't know that, that Russia is just right across the waterway from Alaska, now you do. So as a general rule, most children have an early chronotype. Beginning in adolescence, chronotype gets pushed back, leading to the myth that teenagers are lazy because they find it difficult to wake up for school. It's not that they're lazy. It's that school time needs to be in later in the day. Then the chronotype will then gradually shift earlier and earlier, starting from the age of 20. So that's why your grandmas and grandpas go to the um, early bird breakfast and uh, are in bed by like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> um, so it says that females tend to have an earlier chronotype than males, though some studies find that this gap disappears approximately after age 50. That's because they're all senior freaking citizens and they want to have their um, 4 o'clock dinner and be in bed and yeah. So the chronotype likely has a strong genetic component and is on the PER3 circadian clock gene. And not that a lot of you guys care to know what type of gene causes this, but some nerd out there might. They said that it is potentially a evolutionary gene that came through with hunters and gatherers as a kind of like because they would need to take turns like staying awake and sleeping so that somebody was always watching and protecting and being ready to hunt something if they needed the food. That's kind of where it evolved from. 
And then it says, while most chronotypes fall within a reasonable range, the total possible range for bedtime stretches as long as 10 hours between extreme morning types and extreme evening types. So that's pretty crazy. And then if your chronotype makes it difficult to adhere to the demands of a normal sleep schedule, then you tend to get diagnosed with an advanced or delayed sleep-wake phase disorder. So we probably are all out here getting diagnosed with like chronic fatigue, and it's really just the fact that we are trying to fight our normal body's sleep chronotype or genes. So why is this important? So it says that multiple studies have found associations between chronotype and personality health and quality of life. So personality associated with morningness include conscientiousness and agreeableness. By contrast, neuroticism and openness to experience are typically related to eveningness. Studies have found that conflicting evidence for whether extroversion is more representative of morning or evening types. Because I guess you're more bright and chipper in the mornings, but then the people that are evening people tend to go out at night. So I guess that would be why it would be hard to tell who was more extroverted. So it says morning people tend to perform better in school, while evening types have more of an aptitude for creative thinking. It is difficult to say whether these traits are innate or whether they are due to secondary factors, such as the fact that school tends to start early in the day and many creative professions require people to be active in the evening. Here's where it comes into play with your physical health. So it says evening people tend to have more flexible sleep schedules, be less physically active, and sleep less on weekdays, making up the lost time by sleeping in on the weekend. That's me. (laughs) These unhealthy habits lead to an increased stress response, higher cortisol levels, higher resting heart rate, which are risk factors for sleep apnea, obesity, type 2 diabetes, mental disorders, and metabolic syndrome. So here we are, all fighting to figure out what the heck we've been doing wrong. We're not listening to our body, guys. Listen to our bodies. (laughs) I know that we're probably all not going to be able to like quit our 9 to 5 in order to make this work, but I am just saying, you should think about it. If you are working in a job where you could potentially flex your schedule just a little bit to make your body work it would just be really interesting to see how how much better you would feel overall so it says eveningness is also linked to impulsivity anger depression and anxiety as well as a host of negative habits including risk taking skipping breakfast and eating more in the evening using more electronic media and the use of substances such as tobacco alcohol and caffeine well we gotta have that caffeine to get us through the daggone day Um, It is important to remember that the chronotype likely interacts with many other factors to produce these trends. For example, a propensity for substance abuse in evening types may arise as a side effect of depression and anxiety, which were in turn provoked by sleep deprivation due to the social jet lag. Therefore, while some personality traits may depend on genetics, they are more likely a result of irregular sleep schedules caused by forced adaptation to earlier wake times. Many of these adverse outcomes are linked specifically to a mismatch between chronotype and work schedule, regardless of whether the person is an early bird or a night owl. This reinforces the idea that the easiest way to improve worker health may be simply trying to match shifts to a person's chronotype. Unfortunately, this is not always possible, and it may severely limit career choices. For those who must adhere to a routine that does not match their chronotype, melatonin supplements, light therapy, or careful attention to sleep hygiene habits may help shift circadian rhythm to reduce insomnia and the effects of social jet lag. However, most people find that they are unable to permanently change their chronotype. 
hmm, does this have you thinking yet? So, I, I'm just saying, see, this is my whole point. And I have been preaching this like crazy lately, is that I really wish that we could change the workforce from this traditional nine to five and like on interview, like when you know you're about to hire somebody, like the three things that they should be doing is a CVI, core values index, and I'll talk about that in another episode, the um, love languages, because I want to know how I can appreciate you. And then, and I've also thought about doing that with like my staff that I have now that I am management over is having them do those two things. That way I know how to talk to them and I know how to interact with them. And I also know how to love them because I do wish that I could love my staff more. And then um, knowing what type of chronotype you are. Because, I mean, that's the good thing with like shift work is you can kind of manipulate your schedule to match your chronotype. But in most of the roles like mine, that's a nine to five, you can't do that. And I just wish that we could evolve our workforce, evolve our like... (laughs) this outdated nine to five system and make it more adaptable to people who have any type of neurodivergency. And this isn't even a neurodivergency, honestly. This is like a nat- like a, a physical gene. It would be like saying like somebody that has Down syndrome because that's an effect on the gene that they have, the 21st gene, you know, saying, oh, they need to act like a normal person. That's ridiculous. Their genetic makeup makes them beautiful. It makes them wonderful. It makes them so much fun and just different than the rest of us out here. And it just makes them, you know, it just makes the world a little bit brighter. It'd be like if all the crayons in the box were the same color, that'd be stupid. So it's like, why can't we, like, if we are not going to ask somebody with Down syndrome to make themselves act like people who, you know, don't have any kind of defective gene or whatever... Why do we have to make ourselves, you know, adapt to a world when these are how our genes are made up? Anyways, that's a whole soapbox I could get on for days if you let me. So I'm just going to get back into it and refocus here. (laughs) So anyway, let's talk about the types of chronotypes. So if you, as you've heard me saying, they have the two main chronotypes, which are eveningness and morningness, otherwise known as night owls and early birds. Or morning larks. In truth, chronotypes fall on a spectrum with most people lying somewhere in between. Researchers refer to these in-between people as intermediate types or hummingbirds. Some researchers have now added a fourth category, bimodal, to reinforce the fact that some people identify with more morningness in some ways and eveningness in others. For research purposes, scientists have developed several questionnaires that categorize subjects by morningness versus eveningness tendencies. Two of the most popular questionnaires are the Morning Eveningness Questionnaire, which is the MEQ, and the Munich Chronotype Questionnaire, or the MCTQ. So those are the two types of quizzes that you can Google and take, and all of the ones that I saw have been free, so it's not anything you have to pay for. Each of these approaches chronotype from a slightly different angle with the MCTQ focusing on actual wake and sleep times and the MEQ asking questions that encompass a range of activities such as your meal and exercise times. The variation in test questions is one reason why researchers have found it difficult to make accurate generalizations about the specific traits associated with each chronotype. 
However, it can still be useful to have an idea of your chronotype so that you can adjust your schedule accordingly. So what is my chronotype? Again, you can take those quizzes online. Like I said, they're mostly free. I've not seen one that costs anything. So some of the quizzes, like I said, will kind of categorize your chronotype based on questions about sleeping preferences, energy levels throughout the day, meal times, and other facets to your circadian rhythm. And then, so it says, one of the most popular online quizzes was made by Dr. Michael Brias who describes four kinds of chronotypes based on sleep-wake patterns seen in animals. So answering this quiz will tell you whether or not you are a bear, wolf, lion, or dolphin. So the lion chronotype stands for the early bird. These individuals wake up early and are most productive in the morning, but may have more trouble following a social schedule in the evenings. The bear, according to Dr. Breas, Breas, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, the bear chronotype makes up about 55% of the population. People with this intermediate chronotype tend to follow the sun. They do well with traditional office hours but have no problem maintaining a social life in the evenings. The wolf chronotype is equivalent to the classic night owl and is believed to make up about 15% of the population. The dolphin is me. I don't know how I ended up getting this one twice. The dolphin chronotype is based on the ability of real dolphins to stay alert while sleeping. Human dolphins are the best described as insomniacs. I mean, I am an insomniac sometimes. Anyway, while these types can give you a general idea of your ideal schedule, there will always be variations from person to person. Whether you identify with an animal chronotype or whether you simply know deep in your heart that you prefer being awake at night, having better understanding of how you are wired may help improve your quality of sleep. So let's just look into the different animal chronotype things just a little bit deeper. So this article is from Healthline and this is kind of a deep dive like I said into each category and this is by Eva Cohen who is a certified sleep science coach from Kansas Sleep. So she says that your chronotype defines your peak productivity times and allowing you to plan your day wisely, obviously. The bear chronotype, like I said, is the one that most people tend to fall in um, the category of. And so that means that their sleep-wake cycle goes according to the sun. So Cohen says that bear chronotypes wake easily and typically fall asleep with no problem. Productivity seems to be best before noon, and they're prone to the post-lunch dip between 2 to 4. The wolf chronotype um, has trouble waking up in the morning, Cohen says that wolf uh, chronotypes feel more energetic when they wake up around noon, especially since their peak productivity starts at noon and ends about four hours later. Wolf types tend to get another boost around 6 p.m., and then they find that they can get a lot done while everyone else is done for the day. I truthfully think that that's Chris, because like he could sleep till 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon and then stay up till 3 or 4 in the morning. The lion chronotype, unlike wolves, lion chronotypes tend to rise early in the mornings. They may easily wake up before dawn and are up and are their best up until noon. Typically, lions wind down in the evening and end up falling asleep by 9 or 10 p.m. So those are our grandma and grandpas. Um, The dolphin. If you have trouble following any sleep schedule, then you may be a dolphin. They often don't get enough sleep due to their sensitivity to different disturbing factors like noise and light. The good news, they have peak productivity window from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. What did I just say? I said after 10 a.m. I'm good to go, which is a great time to get things done. So the benefits to being able to identify your chronotype 
um, gives you insight to your sleep-wake cycles. Like I said, helps you understand when you fall asleep. So evening chronotypes tend to have sleep patterns timed two to three hours later than morning chronotypes. This helps you track your eating habits. So knowing your chronotype may also help you track your eating habits. One review looked at the connection between chronotype diet and cardiometabolic health. They found that an evening chronotype such as wolves is associated with a lower intake of fruits and vegetables and a higher intake of energy drinks, alcoholic, sugary, and caffeinated beverages, as well as a higher energy from fat, uh, intake from fat. Helps you understand the connection between your sleep-wake time and your mental health. So anyway, you can kind of look through and do the quiz yourself and kind of navigate what you are. And then you can kind of figure out what that makes you end up falling in the category of with your mental health and your diet and stuff like that. And it can maybe help you understand some of the struggles that you've been facing. So if you're like me and you've been struggling to lose weight, like maybe it's because you're a night um, person or you fall in the eveningness category and you kind of tend to lean towards the more um, not as healthy, I don't want to say bad choices because there's really not bad choices. It's just not as healthy as eating fruits and vegetables. So I would really like to dive deeper into this later um, on my own time and then you guys can look up as well. And if you guys are interested, I can probably do another episode on this in a more deeper regard. You'll just have to let me know if you're interested in that. But I would like to see if how knowing what my chronotype is, can I change my bad habits? Can I affect my routine to where like I go to the gym at a certain time of the day and I'm really effective then because I can't leave work between 10 and 2 so to go to the gym I mean I could but I'm not going to get to have a good long workout at the gym like I maybe can go and walk on the treadmill but that's about it I'm not going to be able to like go do a full workout and do weightlifting and everything so I would love to see like how Knowing what my chronotype is will help me navigate making better food choices, physical choices, and have overall better mental health. Um, so it's it's going to be interesting for me to learn more about and understand a little better. But I wanted to share that with you guys because I just found it so interesting, especially from a perspective of someone who really has struggled to understand my chronic fatigue and why I've been so plum freaking exhausted all the time, despite... The fact that all my lab work shows completely normal, um, you know, things that there's nothing really. I mean, yes, I've been a little bit low in some of my vitamins, but even when I take them, nothing really happens. I just get like a slight elevation or a slight boost from from that. And that's that's kind of it. But I mean, if our body has a more healthy sleep wake cycle, then our body's going to produce those hormones a lot better and you know, we're not going to have, like it said, like the adrenal fatigue and stuff like that. So it's just, I would love to just nerd out on this and really learn way more about it because it's so interesting and why we don't talk about this enough. I don't know, but I don't know if it's just that we're just now learning about this or when this was even developed, but let's discuss it. Let's freaking talk about it because it's so interesting. Um, but anyways, that's all I've got to say for today. I'm freaking tired. Peace out, Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. And I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, if you will please give me a review. Thank you. I love you. And I hope you have a good rest of the week. And then if you have to work this weekend, I probably will too. So I'll be right there with you. All right. Peace out, guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.
Okay, Winging It fam, thank you for listening to that episode. I appreciate you. And if you could just do me one small favor and give it a review, you know, I would love a good five-star review, but it's understandable if you don't feel that way about it. I get it. I'm here to listen to your feedback so that I can continue to make this show what you like and make it better for all of my listeners. If you could also share this on your favorite social media platform, I am a millennial. I'm starting to feel more like a boomer the more social medias come out. Um, But yeah, if you could give it a share, give it a review, you know, the best one that you can give that makes me feel validated because I do, uh, in fact, need the highest amount of validation that one can receive. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye.